Thank you for joining us. God sent his only son, his sinless son, to die on Calvary's cross for you and me. Because of Jesus' sacrificial death, the gift of eternal life is available to anyone who chooses to receive it. Without the shed blood of Jesus, there would be no redemption for our sins. The Bible tells us that there is no salvation in any other. Without his selfless sacrifice, we would have no hope and no victory. Praise God for the gift of salvation and everlasting life. Listen in with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. Some Christians are not persecuted because they are closet Christians. <laughs> they are closet Christians. Matthew 5, 5, 5:15a and verse 16 says, Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. What's what's the purpose of light if you're going to get the light on and get it going and then cover the light to the extent that it can't glow, that it can't illuminate? The purpose of light is to illuminate everything around it when it is put in a prominent place to get the greatest effect. Beloved, you cannot stay in the closet while the children of Satan are showcasing and parading and flaunting their sins down Broadway Street. Everybody else out of the closet, you shut in. You shut in. You, you scared. This might happen. That might happen. And they strutting down Broadway. Could care less about the virus. Could care less about their conduct. Lawless. And they are strutting in their sins. While you are shut in saying, ooh, this or that may happen. And God is saying to you, can you trust me through this? That's the question you need to ask. God is saying, can you trust me through this virus? Can you trust me through this pandemic? Can you trust me through the elections? Can you trust me through the floods, the hurricanes, the fires? Trust me. I know what I'm doing. Just do what I told you to do. I've got you. I've got you. I know how to keep you in spite of. Why don't y'all say amen? How many of you know you're being kept by God? Listen, if you don't know that by now, you're in bad shape. We're here and we've been kept by God. We, listen, we could have been gone. The only reason you're here is because God still has a purpose and a plan for your life. And you're not going anywhere until God's through with his purpose and plan for you. God's got you. He's, he's, he's got you in the palm of his hand. And if he can hold the stars in the world and if he can hold Mars and Pluto and all these other planets, if he can hold them all, well, I know he can hold little old me. If his eye knows when a sparrow falls, I know he watches me. Do I have a witness out there? Well, now let's transition. Why are Christians persecuted? Why are Christians persecuted? Why are they messing with you? <laughs> Number one, because we are children of God. 
John 15, 18 says, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. It's nothing new under the sun. Why me? Jesus could have said that as well. If Jesus experienced persecution, so will we. Christians are persecuted because we represent Christ on earth as his ambassadors, as his representatives to carry out the great commission that he has charged us with. Why are Christians persecuted? Secondly, Christians are persecuted because of our Christian testimony and godly life. Christians are persecuted because of our Christian testimony and godly life. Second Timothy 3.12 says, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. If you're running around, sleeping with everybody, drinking it up, living it up, drunkard, messy, gossip, pornography, in everything, adultery, homosexuality, bisexuality, and all the other alities, you, you, you see, nobody's going to bother you because you're gone with the world. Luke 21, verses 12 through 19 also says, but before all this, they will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to the synagogues and put you in prison and you will be brought before kings and governors and all on account of my name. Now, don't stop saying you're being persecuted for righteousness if you caught uh, stealing sugar out of H-E-B. You, no, you're getting just what you do. You're in jail because you stole or you cheated on your taxes. Okay, don't call that persecution. Don't call your sin persecution. Okay, let me just, that's a side note because somebody here needs that. Okay. He's, it says persecution and, and so, verse 13, and so you will bear testimony to me. Is there a testimony in your lifestyle? Can people look at you and take note that you have been with Jesus? It ought not take 15 years for people to discover that you're a Christian. Verse 14, but make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you would defend yourself. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed by even, look, there's parental persecution. I remember my son, Gerald, before he died, he was put out because of his testimony for Christ. I mean, there are children who have been put out by their parents, Muslim parents or pagan parents, because of their love for Jesus. Parents persecuting children. There are children who persecute parents. You'll be persecuted by your brothers when at family reunion places because of your stance for Christ. Your sisters will persecute you. Your relatives will persecute you. Your friends will persecute you. Look at all of those right there. There's a listing of all those persons who will persecute you. So why are you surprised? Uh, Jesus, Jesus uh, took on hardships from his own siblings. And they will put some of you to death. Everyone will hate you because of me. But not a half of your head will, be, will perish. By, by your endurance, you will gain your lives. Now, if, you got, if, you, if you're a quick writer, if you can't get it down, I understand. But I'm going to give you something right out of that text. Living a godly life will cause you to be persecuted by imprisonment. Just just. Don't try to write the whole word. Just say imprisonment. 
verse 12b. Okay? Living a godly life will cause you to be persecuted by imprisonment, verse 12b. The government will persecute you, verse 12c. Now, some people want big government, want the government to take care of you. Let me tell you something. The the government don't do anything for you uh, uh, without uh, having an agenda. Okay, look how quiet it got then. I submit to you, the government is not your friend. By the way, the bank is not your friend. Allstate is not even your friend. (laughs) You in good hands with Allstate? Just don't pay the premium. (laughs) <laughs> oh, good night. The government is going to come against Christians. That's what you see in California. That's what you're seeing in California. That's what you saw in Tennessee. Those letters, those are, that's government, state government, the national government. Oh, yeah, they'll give you all these things, give you all these things. It's a setup. It's fattening you up it's so they can control. That's right. And after a while, they're going to require the mark of the beast in Revelation. And some of y'all going to fall for it because you already been had. You can't take the pandemic. Well, how you, how you going to say no to them all? Oh, come mark me now. <laughs> the government. Verse 12c. Then you will be betrayed even by parents, relatives, and friends. Verse 16a. By parents, relatives, and friends. Your friends are turned against you. Verse 16a. Some of you will be put to death. Not all of you. God is not going to kill, allow everybody to be killed because if God allowed everybody to be killed, then who will be the witnesses? Some of you will be put to death. Verse 16b. And you will be hated for the cause of Christ. Verse 17. You be hated for the cause of Christ, verse 17. Look at all that persecution. Wow. And and you know what? I had to shorten this message and shorten this message. I have enough message here to preach on this for about a good six weeks. But this could be a whole series to sensitize people on, on the persecution that's imminent, that's here, and how to prepare for it. Number three, Christians are persecuted because... We speak up boldly for Christ. When you speak up boldly for Christ uh, in the colleges, in the classroom, in the public square, you will be persecuted. Like Stephen in the book of Acts, we will be persecuted. Acts chapter 7, verse 54 and verses 57 through 58, it says, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. And he was he was telling the truth and they didn't care. They killed him because he told the truth. And they gnashed at him with their teeth. I mean, they were furious when I bet their teeth were all edged out. Verse 57. Then they cried out with a loud voice. They stopped their ears. You know, when people don't want to hear the truth, they stop their ears. And sometimes you might not put your hand over your ear, but you say, I don't want to hear that. Or you say, that point's not for me. That's for, that, that's for her. Stop your ears. And ran at him with one accord. They rushed at him. They were angry. They were seething. Verse 58. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. He was a martyr for the faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verses 36 to 38, it also says there, some face jeers and floggings. Now, some of y'all get upset when somebody look at you. 
the wrong way. Somebody didn't speak to you. Somebody, somebody have an attitude against you and you fall all the pieces, leave the church for this little stuff. Man, that's, that's little peanuts. Look at, look at what this, listen, if you can't help somebody looking at you cross-eyed, what are you, you going to, I guess you would just stone pass out if you experience what's in this passage. Some face jeers and floggings and even chains of imprisonment. Verse 37, they were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskin and goatskin, destitute, impoverished, in other words, persecuted and mistreated. Verse 38, the world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground, hiding, hiding. There are churches that are under persecution. They can't do like us, meet in the same location. They have to, there are churches around the world, they have to move around so as not to be found out. They're very discreet. They'll meet, they're subject to meet anywhere. They, they have their own little codes of how they do things so that won't, so that they won't be found out by the government. And here we are open in one location, the lights on, the air conditions on, the, the you got cushioned seats, you got, ev- you got everything you could possibly have, an asphalt parking lot, and, and you, and you know the church is gonna be in this location, and, you, and folk got to pick and choose when they're gonna come. Matter of fact, I ask you a question. When is the last time you have come to church four consecutive Sundays on time in a row? That checks out your commitment. Look, 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 look at that. You might, your mask might be on, but many of you are not saying amen. <laughs> okay, okay. You glad that mask is on right now. <laughs> Number four, we will be persecuted because we believe Christ is the only true and living God. And the only way to heaven. We will be persecuted because we believe Christ is the only true and living God and the only way to heaven. I never forget, I was teaching in school in Houston. Uh, That time I was subbing before I got a contract to teach regularly. And I was talking to another sub and I told him about Jesus. And he said he was a Muslim or something of that nature. I forgot what it was, Hindu or something. And I said, the only issue we were having conversation is that... um, your God is a dead God. He's not alive. And Jesus is alive in the only way to heaven. He got so furious at me until I thought he was going to jump on me at that school. Because I, and I wasn't fussing. I just, I just told the truth. I just told the truth. Okay, let me just say this again. We will be persecuted because we believe Christ is the only only true and living God and the only way to heaven. John 14, 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way. He's the only way. I I am the life and no one comes to the Father except through me. John 17, 3 also says, and this is eternal life that they may know you. Knowing Jesus is the only way into the kingdom of God and eternal life with the Father, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you sent. Now, here's what some of you may be thinking. I hope it's not the case, 
Perhaps you are saying to yourself, no one is bothering me about my faith in Christ. Then let me help you have some persecution. Start telling those around you that Jesus is the only way to be saved, to get into heaven, and I assure you that you will experience persecution for the cause of Christ. See, if you're not saying anything, you won't have persecution. You're trying to be so likable. Number five, we not only experience persecution from the world, listen at this, sadly, it is also experienced in the church from those who love their power. Persecution comes from within the church. I wish I had time to give you all these, give you many passages. From, from those who love their tradition, from those who love their legalism, and from those within the church who are religiously lost. You see, let me just say that again. That is so big. We not only experience persecution from the world, but sadly, it is also experienced in the church from those who love their power, they love their traditions, they love their legalism, and they are religiously lost. You say, give me a passage on that. I certainly will. Uh, Matthew chapter 26, verses 1 through 4 is a powerful text. It says, now it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings, that he said to his disciples, you know that after two days is the Passover and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Then the chief, look, now look at the religious leaders. These are all religious leaders. Uh, then the chief priests, scribes, and the elders of the people assembled at the palace of the high priest who was called Caiaphas. And look what these religious folk did, uh, people in the synagogue. And plotted to take Jesus by trickery and kill him. They plotted against God. God. And let me tell you something. All the plotting and trickery is not out of the church. You got politics in the church. Trickery in the church. Games in the church. Hidden agendas in the church. People would do this to their own demise from the Lord's house in the name of Christ. Persecution is very prevalent in the church against pastors and those in church leadership who take a stand, a bold, unwavering, righteous stand for Christ on the authority of Scripture. Pastors have been maligned I've had that. Pastors have been lashed out at. I've had that. Not just, you say, oh, man, that must be a tough church. This is not the only church I pastored, by the way. So I'm not, don't, don't just look around here. I'm talk, I've been pastoring for almost 40 years, okay? So don't, don't look around. I'm just speaking. Uh, I'm not going to go into different eras and give you all the specifics. But uh, pastors have been maligned, lashed out at, boycotted. People just say, I'm not coming back till they get that right. This is boycott. Pastors have been defunded. I remember one time at the church, they gave me a 5% raise. <laughs> the deacons did. And they had a church meeting and rescinded it and took it back. Two babies. <laughs> Didn't have much. Just trying to make it. $400 a week. We didn't come here to make money. We came here and lost 
funds. We took all of our investments out and moved by faith to San Antonio, believing God had called us to be missionaries in San Antonio to the glory of God. I've been defunded. I've been conspired against and many other pastors. By the way, there are cases where the churches, uh, Lutheran churches and Presbyterian churches, look how quiet y'all get. Now, y'all listening to this stuff. Uh, this is all, this is juicy, isn't it? Yeah, okay, but, 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 but the church turns liberal and they ordain gay pastors and then you get clergy persons and then you get people in the church say, this is not right, this is, not against, this is against scripture and they end up leaving and that pastor, if that pastor leaves those churches with those kind of hierarchies and those kinds of things. You know what? When they walk away from those churches, they can't take their benefits with them. That's left and they leave and have to start all over again uh, without those previous benefits for the testimony of Jesus Christ. You see, it's just like being in the military and you been in there 40 years and you see how the military is turning a making some decisions, and all of a sudden, you have to make a decision. Do you get out? Do you stay in? And on and on and on, and you have to make some decisions. But those those times come conspired against, conspiracies. And you know, it's so easy now to do a coup in the church. And you know, when people leave the church, they don't really leave because they can text the members here from the other church or from that church or from that church. The hellions leave, but they're still here in your business. They know more about the church than you who come. They're still, you're still texting. Still, they raise hell and you still want to be friends with them. You still want to be friends with them. They're texting, emailing, and tweeting, and they're all over the place. And you hee hee and high high and they're talking the church. And you still hee hee and high high and going to eat some ham hocks. Y'all say, wow, conspired against betrayal in the church and even put out because of their own congregation's strong resistance to the gospel and their refusal to conform to the word of God. Before they change, they say, we will put you out. We were here before you. We put out seven, I'm going to put another notch on the wall and you're going to be number eight. That's what power will do when it's out of control. Oh, but look at John 16, one, two, and three. John 16, one, two, and three. It says, all this I have told you so that you will not fall away. When you see things happening like this, don't, don't, don't tuck your tail and run. Be still. And realize these things must be we're in the latter days. Verse 2, they will put you out of the synagogue. Some of y'all need to be put out of some of that stuff y'all in. It's taking up more time than your time with the Lord. They will put you out of the synagogue. Look here. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. They'll put you out. God told me to do it. They'll define you, ostracize you, betray you, all these things, and, and then say, 
they're doing this to protect the church. And if truth be told, they need to be put out. Verse 3, they will do such things, listen to this, because they have not known the Father or me. Those religious leaders, they didn't know Jesus. They didn't have a relationship with him. They were just religious, religiously lost. And it's dangerous to go to hell from the church house. You got to be real and serious about God. Where is the reverential fear of God? Stop trying to get into stuff you don't belong in. Beloved, what hurts the most is when persecution is experienced from professing believers who are religious without Christ. Now, listen to this. You expect persecution from an anti-Christ world, but it is much more devastating when it comes from within the church. Last section, and then I'll close out. If I can get through these, if not, I'll just stop. How should we respond to persecution? You heard a lot already. How do you, res- how do you respond to all of this? Number one, Pray for those who persecute you. Now, it takes a certain amount of spirituality to do that. Matthew 5.44c says, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Prayer gives you wisdom in the midst of persecution and helps you to endure it without bringing shame on the name of Christ. Be mindful, the Lord knows how to confound the plans of the enemy when we pray. The Lord knows how to confound. They try to get you and they can't get you like they want to get you because God just confused them so they can get you. God knows how to confuse your enemy. Make them forget what they meant to do or they they think they hurt you, they end up blessing you. And then they become more frustrated. Sometimes they put you off a job, you get another job making more, better condition, and you think, oh, I, didn't know, I didn't know this was going to happen. Good can come out of bad. As Pastor Rander concludes this message, let us resolve to obey God with praise and worship according to his word. Why should we? Because he is our creator. He has made us and fashioned us. He is our shepherd. And we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We hear his voice and he knows us and we follow him. There is none other like him. If you enjoy Pastor Rander's teaching of the inerrant word of God, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church in Converse, Texas.